Welcome to Crohncast. Your hosts, Trudy Callahan and Lisa Austin, are here to encourage you to embrace your inner crone and revel in your wisdom, experience, and intuition. The podcast about women of a certain age for women of any age. This is Crohncast. Good day, Trudy. Hi, Lisa. How are you doing today? I'm well. Awesome. We are here with the Cronecast. Yes, our first one, officially. Yeah. Officially our first one. We're very enthusiastic to be here. Enthusiastic, that's good. Yeah, I am enthusiastic about this. I mean, we've had conversations around this topic many times and thought maybe it's time that we start recording it and sharing it with people. Mm-hmm. And I think if you read our uh, little about blurb uh, with the podcast, you know that we're a podcast uh, about women of a certain age for women of any age. Mm-hmm. And and is it just women? I mean, a man could listen to. Oh, it. sure. We're, I mean, he's not going to get an electric shock if he you know listens to us. <laughs> maybe his, maybe his he device. would understand his partner or his sister or his mother a bit better. Correct. Right. Correct. Okay. So let's maybe start with who we each are. Okay. Well, my name is Lisa Austin. I was uh, a chief communications officer for a large organization for many years, and I'm also a certified executive coach from Railroads University, and uh, I call myself a writer, though. That's my, that's my primary thing for me, is uh, I'm, I f- identify as a writer. Identify as a writer, that's good. And I've been the recipient of some of your executive coaching, mm. which has meant a lot to me. So who am I? Who are you? Yeah, I, you know, when people ask me who I am, I think, do I talk about, you know, I own a business. Um, one of them is a publishing company. I'm very committed to journalistic storytelling in a time when I think journalism is um, being devalued. Um, mm. So that's important to me. I, I also think about the roles I've had in my life. And maybe we get into that because I think one of the things that happens as we age is that our roles change. Mm-hmm. And, and there's some significance there in that for me as mm-hmm. I, you know, one of the questions I asked you is, I'm, I think, you know, when we were visiting one time, am I a, still a daughter if my parents have passed right. away? Right. So that's something we could maybe um, talk about in depth. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really what brought us together is, is some of the, are some of these conversations around who we are and what stage of life we're in right now. Mm-hmm. But we should probably tell people how we know one another. Yes. So we've known each other for about five years and a bit. Yeah, closely. Yes. Mm -hmm. But we knew each other professionally um, before that. Mm -hmm. And in fact, we had a little bit of professional interaction over a a thing. Yep, a thing. Uh, That was very pleasant, I might add. (laughs) And the interesting thing about that is that I knew my partner loved you and that you were good friends, but you didn't know I was with my partner. No, I didn't. So I had the advantage for quite a while until... Till you were told about everything about everything when when she came out yeah and yeah there there's maybe some story we can tell later on I don't know if we'll ever get to all those details but now that I know that you and I were having professional conversations and you knew the whole time that my very good friend someone I love 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 was your partner yes and so I treated you with like gold because I knew I would love you too <laughs> That's great. I, I like that story, Lisa. I know, it's a good one. And we've become such good friends. We have on our own. Yeah. Yeah. And it, that's not common that, you know, you have a, a friend of a partner mm-hmm. that 
that actually becomes your friend too. Exactly. So I'm yeah. really happy about that. And and that's caused us to have um, conversations at a very deep level, mm-hmm. and which is what brought us to this notion of, of sharing some of those conversations. And that's what this is. We're not preparing these ahead of time. We might talk about our, our topic or a thought that we've been having, but really this is about letting people listen to our conversations. Correct. Yeah. It's, it's an opportunity to listen into how we're um, processing and making the most of, you know, uh, the last half of our lives and uh, embracing the many gifts that, that uh, the last half of our lives brings, and some of the challenges for sure, but this is a, this is a rich time in a woman's life, and we want to really revel in that. I appreciate that. And one of the things I wanted to, getting back to who I am, I was going to tell this little story because I think, I think it, it's a bit telling about the stage of life I'm in. Um, I was doing some work, uh, in, I own a marketing firm as well, and I was doing some um, work with a gentleman who, uh, his work was a hands-on kind of thing. He, he was basically trades. And he knew that he needed some communication help. He wasn't a good writer or anything like that. But he took the time to write to me when, when our project had concluded. And one of the things he said to me uh, in that note was he said I was a visionary. And I, I appreciated that because I do think I see things that other people don't see mm-hmm. and not in a weird way at all, but I just seem to be able to pull something together that didn't exist before. And I think that's maybe what it, uh, a visionary is. But he also said two other things. He said I was, well, maybe you consider it three. He said I was a pretty friendly pit bull. <laughs> and, you know, first of all, I went on and on about whether there should be a comma between pretty and friendly, because I didn't, I wasn't sure if he was modifying friendly or I just didn't know. Um, but uh, my husband, who was alive then, he passed away a few years ago. But um, when I showed him that, he, I, I actually asked him what it meant. And he said, I know exactly what <laughs> that means. So maybe that gives insight into who I am, mm-hmm. is that I'm a pretty friendly person. Pitbull. Well, yeah, you're sort of, uh, I would describe you as fierce uh, in a really super positive way. <laughs> okay, fierce in a positive way, if, if, if that's a thing. I don't know. Um, and so these are some of the things we're going we're gonna to be talking about is who mm. we are uh, and who our roles are, or what our roles are, sorry. And, and now that we're both in this kind of new phase, mm-hmm. and um, we've referred to it as crondom, um, I think I said to the other day that uh, I read somewhere that someone called it the third trimester of life. <laughs> I thought that was really good. I remember the story my mom used to say, uh, uh, she died at 92, and I think in her later years, I one time asked her what it was like to be older, and she said, well, one of the things you have to know is that life is like toilet paper. When you get near the end, it goes faster. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not. That's awesome. I do feel like weeks and months go by and I don't even notice. But, you know, through all of that, I think that we are bringing something to our extended families, our our kids if we have them, um, our colleagues, maybe people we serve on boards with. There is a a kind of wisdom that we have as older women, and Mm. we're sharing that. And maybe I should grab my phone really quick and just share with you a text I got from someone, um, I, would, I would describe this person as in my extended family. This came this morning. Are you free in an evening tonight 
soon over the weekend, I could use some elder wisdom. Mm. What do you say about that, Lisa? Oh, I think that's, you know, that's um, part of the richness that we bring at this stage in our lives. You know, this, this wisdom, uh, experience, intuition. And not only do I think we have a role in, in providing that and gifting that to others, but I think we have a responsibility as well um, to offer the younger generation, people younger than us, um, what we've learned, what we've gleaned, what we've collected, if you will, over the years. And it might save them a little bit of trouble. It might smooth their path a little bit. It might illuminate some things for them. But we're an incredible source of wisdom uh, for folks, for younger folks. And that's sort of what was the impetus of this podcast, is talking about the gifts of growing older, um, as well as I mentioned before, some of the challenges. But there's so much richness at this stage of life, uh, that needs to be talked about. Mm-hmm. There's much to be gained when you recognize that. 100%. But I think we, you, you have to get to the point where you overcome the bit where you realize something has shifted and you're older. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, I turned 65 uh, earlier in the year, and one of the things that happens when you turn 65 is you get paperwork from the federal government. Right. And uh, one of the symbols on that paperwork which it just blows my mind that this is still happening, is a hunched over man with a cane. Mm -hmm. That is so wrong. Well, and it bears no resemblance to who a person might be at 65. Exactly. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, and we'll talk about this in a, in a future podcast, but I'm, I'm reading and hearing things around the fact that there's a whole other phase of life that comes and and we need to celebrate that. Yes. There's so much to be gained when we recognize that and not just go in a corner. Exactly. Because older women have been invisible. 100%, yes. Yeah. Especially as we age. Yeah. Um, and we're seen as sort of past uh, the, the, the time in which we can contribute meaningfully. Nothing could be far, farther from the truth. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I didn't go through the thing when I turned 40 where I thought, oh my gosh, I'm 40 now. Oh my, I actually have a kid that's 40. (laughs) No, two kids. Um, But, you know, a lot of women do feel more comfortable in their skin Mm -hmm. when they reach that age. Mm -hmm. I didn't have that special time where I was suddenly more comfortable, but... And, and uh, going through that significant loss of my husband, I have had to sort of remake mm-hmm. some of myself. For sure. I've had to figure out how to do sort of both roles. When you have a longtime partner, yes. you automatically fall into roles. And they're not necessarily gender roles. Yes. Um, but there are things I'm good at and things I'm not good at. And he did the things I'm not good at. Mm-hmm. But the good news is that you, I know that you've learned a lot of things that you didn't think you were good at. And you've, you've learned to do a lot of stuff that you wouldn't normally have done. Yeah, I've had to. That's what happens mm-hmm. when you go through a big, big change like mm-hmm. that. And I think that whether you have a, a, a demarcation like that, like a significant loss, or is it the demarcation of menopause, which is mm-hmm. a, a common way that uh, chrondom is identified, Yes, um, we all go through something. Mm-hmm. Like some people go through a thing when they retire from their job yes, or if they go through a significant layoff in their later years, yes. those kinds of things. Yeah. And that is the remaking. But in that remaking, even if it's due to a loss, there's so much that you can be gained. Mm-hmm. 100%. Couldn't agree more. I think the, 
the uh, threshold for me for when I realized I wasn't young anymore was when I turned 50. So there was this sort of, uh, I lamented, I'll, I'll confess, about my youth being gone. But there was also this wonderful gift of, I didn't really care about what people thought of me anymore. Oh. And so it was, it, I was 50 years old, and I went out to get the mail for the first time without a bra on. <laughs> and it was very liberating. For I had a shirt of, on, of course. <laughs> some of us, it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, let me tell you. Oh, so that was great. a very liberating moment. Of, I just thought, I'm getting the mail, I don't care. I'm not putting a bra on, especially for this. Wow. I know. Wow. And it's been, it's been uh, you're right, it's like this discovery of this new vi- uh, vitality. As I've, you know, I'm 59 now, and this new vitality that I have that, that is so exciting and rewarding and, and fun, and um, I can't wait to keep, to keep going and seeing what's next. So much discovery. Yes. As opposed to just shutting down and thinking it's all Absolutely. over. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not, you know, it's not about getting a lazy boy. Not that there's anything wrong with lazy boys. Getting a recliner and um, sitting in front of you and watching TV and, and um, knitting. Or not that there's anything wrong with knitting. Um, but you know what I mean? That sort of retreating from life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I see this in my own kids, too, because they are all either 40 or turning 40. And um, they they act a lot younger mm-hmm. than 40-year-olds, or certainly younger than my mom did. Mm-hmm. My mom was old in her 50s. Mm-hmm. She kind of had given up. Yeah, my parents, too. I think, and maybe this is denial, but I think we're younger at this age than our parents were, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, there's that whole thing in... I guess it's in social media around, you know, 50 years, the new 40 exactly, or yeah. whatever it is. But interestingly, I saw this, this thing on TikTok where it talked about um, middle age is now from about 45 to 75. And that's considered middle age now. Okay, I like that. Me too. I'm not a senior. I'm middle-aged. You are. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Okay, let's, let's run with that. Okay, so we're going to keep going here because you've been reading a book. I have been reading a book. And it's, uh, it's called Hagitude. Wow. Isn't that an awesome title? Yep. Um, the subtitle is Reimagining the Second Half of Life, and it's by a woman named Dr. Sharon Blackie. And there's so much wisdom in this book about being a crone, um, and she uses many words, uh, some of which we've talked about, um, to describe uh, a woman of a certain age, an elder woman. There's a lot that we need to discuss and unpack maybe in subsequent episodes or, you know, in another season even. But um, there's lots of wisdom in here. And I do, I do recommend uh, that, that people who are interested in embracing their inner crone uh, have, a, have a read of this. But um, one of the things she says is um, that I found really uh, sobering. She says, here in the contemporary West, we don't really do elders we have the elderly. Mm. Because in contemporary Western society, to be old is rarely to be thought of as gifted and wise. Wow, that's so true. So when I thought about that quote, one of the first things I thought was about um, First Nations people and how they revere, they have and revere elders who pass on um, wisdom, knowledge, experience, intuition, stories, to the generations coming behind them. They call them knowledge keepers. They call them knowledge keepers. Yeah. And they're revered. Yes. Um, 
this is not something that's common in westernized society. So what do you think about that? Well, first thing that came to mind for me is I think, you know, in North America and maybe because of Hollywood, we, we seem to esteem youth mm-hmm. and even um, continuing to look young, even when one mm-hmm. is chronologically no longer young, there's mm-hmm. a lot of that going on. And I, I look in the mirror and think I should pick a few things up. Um, <laughs> but on the other hand, it's that embracing of one's age mm-hmm. And, and coming to terms with that, but in a celebratory way. That's right. Not this way of particularly older women where they end up in a corner or disregarded in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we do have a, a, a reverence for youth and wanting to maintain youth. Um, you know, how often do you hear people say, oh, I wish I could do that over again. Or, I wish I could have my 20s over again. I, I've, I confess I felt that like that, mm-hmm. but I wish I had my my twenties to do over again um, because there's so many other decisions I would have made, but I want to go back with the wisdom that I have now. Yes, exactly. Well, isn't there a phrase about uh, if, uh, if I knew then what I know now? That's right. Um, so one of the other things, um, you know, we've talked a little bit about what the word crone means. And one of the things Sharon Blackie says when she knew that she wanted to be a crone or a hag, whatever, whatever word she uses She wanted to be the spirited, not-to-be-messed-with elder, an elder who's always ready to tell you often unwelcome truths about the condition of your life, and with a glint of compassion and fierce humor in her eyes. Mm, I like that. Do you? Tell me why you like it. Well, I think it's this embracing of of crondom in a a really, like, hmm... I was going to use the word aggressive, but that sounds like a lot like a pit bull. Um, <laughs> in an intentional way. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, sometimes we, we slide into old age. And in, in this way that Sharon Blackie is talking about it, it, it's more intentional. Yes. It's about grabbing hold of it. And I like yes. that. Yes. I think, you know, one of the things about Western society is that as you get older, you start to lose power, you start to lose influence, you start to lose even maybe some of your sharpness. But what Blackie's talking about in her book is really about becoming more powerful because of uh, wisdom, intuition, and knowledge, and really um, becoming someone who is um, a knowledge keeper. Yeah, I think that's such a great way to describe an elder. Mm Mm-hmm instead of elderly, as you've pointed out. Now, I know you've read this book. Mm -hmm. What were your impressions? Um, I, you know, I need to read a book twice usually, because the first time through, I'm, I'll confess, sometimes I'm critical of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not necessarily taking in um, the meaning between the lines, if you will. Yes. But I, I'm still grappling with the whole notion of being a crone. Right. And I don't mean in the sense of being, um, an older woman, I'm, I can look in the mirror and see that. Yes. Um, but rather, what does that really mean? And I, I think this goes back to um, my wonderment around uh, roles and how those roles change as you get older. Like, I've wondered, am I a daughter because my parents have passed away? Mm-hmm. Am I a wife because my husband has passed away? Yes. You know, these things I, I grapple with. I, yes. I don't have the answers to those things. They're big questions. Yeah. And big maybe, existential questions. Maybe we talk about that some other time. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, um, 
Not long after my husband passed away, I had to fill out a form, and I, I can't remember exactly what the form was for, but I, I these were my choices. I could tick married, single, divorced, or common law. Mm. And I didn't feel like I was any of those. Well, you weren't any of those. No. And that that's a hard place to be. And, and I think as I've aged and I recognize that there are so many people, even that I work with, and I'm, I'm old enough to be their mother, and you start to, you know, when you get, you get to be a certain age and you, you have forms you have to fill out or you realize that someone is saying something to you and they're acting as if you are an old person. Yes. They start to speak slowly. Yes. Yeah. Um, then in those times... I, I, I'm searching for my role again. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk to me about the word crone, I, I wanted to hang on to that and learn about it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it is a description and a role. I think it's both things. Yeah. And I know that maybe some of our listeners will really recoil at the word crone, but you know, I think the whole purpose of our podcast is to start to help people reclaim that word, embrace that word. Um, as something that is um, rich and deep and powerful and with many gifts remaining to give to the world and to people and to our loved ones. I wanted to mention something else about Hagitude. Um, Interspersed in all the wisdom and all the beautiful nuggets that are in this book, I nonetheless felt a little excluded, and here's why. Sharon Blackie talks a lot about crones being uh, really connected to the earth, raising animals, walking in the forest, um, magic, um, um, all of those things that things that are drawn from fairy tale and folklore and um, medicines and being very very earth motherish and I I mean that respectfully, but that's how I felt excluded because I don't see myself as any of those things. Um, my days of animal husbandry ended when my last dog died. Mm. And um, so I am a, I'm a city mouse. <laughs> not a mouse. You are not a mouse. Well, I'm a city girl, city woman. Yeah. Um, and that's where I feel alive. And, and, um, and so the portrait that she created of uh, a crone or a hag or, you know, was not one that I felt I could be part of. So that was an that was an interesting uh, discovery I found with the book. It was like, yeah, there's so much wisdom in here, but I don't really see myself in the way that she described a crone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it was kind of stereotypical if I could go that far. I mean, I've played around with some of these things. I've raised dogs um, mm-hmm. throughout most of my adult life and only stopped after my husband passed away because it's, it's actually a lot of work. It's yes. a very time-consuming hobby uh, and I needed to be taking care of other things. Um, and I, I remember a conversation where I was, t- I, someone was asking me what I, my hobbies were. And, you know, I said, well, I raised dogs and they looked at me and said, but you're all hairspray and high heels. I think, <laughs> I think they thought, you know, that a, a, a person who raises animals looks a certain way. And I, you know, I like makeup and nice haircuts and I pity the fool who underestimates you. <laughs> My husband used to say that that was my secret weapon is to be underestimated. But, you know, I, I also, um, I also kind of have an affinity with witches and I, I don't mean the, this, 
I don't know, I don't have good vocabulary around this, Lisa, so maybe you'll help me. But um, when my second child was born, I chose to have a home birth. And most people don't know that. Um, it was a planned home birth with midwives because mm-hmm. I think that childbirth is, it's a natural thing. Yes. I don't think of it as a medical procedure. And as a healthy young woman that didn't have any indications that I was going to need some kind of intervention, I chose to have my second son at home. Mm-hmm. And it was a wonderful, really wonderful experience. But my midwives described themselves as witches. And um, so I have an affinity, like I loved those women. They just knew exactly what to do. And probably in a time when a woman is the most vulnerable in her entire life, here she is, you know, a, a, a human is emerging from her body. Yeah. Um, they were there. And, and so I, when we talk about witchcraft, I know in a lot of cases and for a lot of faith-based groups, for example, the word witch is a really negative, negative word. Yes, yes. Um, but for me, I just have this warm feeling. So there, there are parts of that, the, the folklore, fairy tale, witch, whatever that is, that makes me feel very warm. Mm, isn't that nice? I have, a, I have an affinity for witches too. And, and again, you know, not the not the evil, the, sort of the evil woman that f- many folklore and uh, stories and fairy tales have have created as a way to demonize women, but the kind of the kind of witch that you're talking about, who is benevolent and helpful and um, wise beyond almost supernaturally wise, and has keys to a kind of knowledge and a kind of wisdom that is is almost cosmic in scale. Absolutely. That's, you're describing my midwives. They're just, I, I, it's of another world Mm -hmm. in a weird way. Mm -hmm. They, they actually predict it. Now bear in mind that this kid of mine is turning 40 soon. So this is a long time ago. Mm -hmm. In fact, um, I took some heat because I was having a home birth from, you know, a community of people who actually said I was taking my life and that of my babies in, you know, in, in putting, putting us both at, at risk. And I just didn't think <laughs> so. Sakes. Yeah. I, I'd done my research. I was prepared, all of those things, but those women, they just knew things. And, um, it was interesting to me that they, uh, would predict of the group of people who are going through the home birth classes, they would predict what each outcome was going to be and, and who was going to kind of go first because, you know, babies kind of come when they're going to come. Mm-hmm. And they were bang on. They showed us afterwards they, all their notes about who was going to do what. Wow. And they predicted my, my, the birth of my baby. I was early. It was fast. They, they, got, it all, they got it all right. It was, it was amazing. Well, and I think, I think to a maybe a lesser degree or maybe even a greater degree, this is what a crone is. Yeah, they know things. They know things. We know things. Yeah. We have experiences and we've interpreted and processed those experience into knowledge and wisdom. Um, and this is what we have to offer. These are tremendous gifts to people who are, you know, wandering through life. And I don't mean that in a sort of a lost kind of way, but they're meandering through their lives. And we ha- we're a resource. We're a we're a clearinghouse of a lot of stuff that can help people smooth their paths. Mm-hmm. And I'm meeting young women, you know, in my in the board work that I do, or just in my through my business connections and so on. And they actually seem hungry for some of mm. that. And I don't know if it's because 
our world has changed since the pandemic and just over the last 15 or 20 years. You know, we don't gather in faith uh, groups anymore necessarily. There's not something to belong to. There isn't necessarily a, a, an organized way to reach out to someone uh, in, a, in a group who might help you or help you guide, uh, gu- help guide your way. Uh, so maybe maybe that's it. I don't know. But I feel like anybody I've talked to about what it is we're doing. In fact, right before we came into the podcast room, I had to run an errand and um, I was talking to a woman. I don't, I don't know how old she is. I mean, well, her oldest daughter just started university. So that would put her probably in her 40s. Mm-hmm. And I was telling her about this and she was said, I need to know when this is ready mm-hmm. to listen to. Mm-hmm. I want this. I want to hear what you have to say. And I thought, oh, Okay, that's why we're doing this, Lisa. Yes, absolutely. It's why why we're doing this. And I want to just um, sort of riff off, you know, the whole story of the birth of your second child. And uh, Sharon Blackie says this, which is a quote I just love. She says, and she's talking about Crohn's, our creativity as elder women isn't about birthing others anymore. It's about birthing our own unique wisdom, our own unique gift to the world. Oh, my goodness. I don't remember that line in there. Yeah, uh, that's one of my favorite quotes from the book. Wow, yeah, that's you know, great. We're, we're at a whole different stage uh, where we have so much to offer um, if people continue to listen and don't put us in a corner. Nobody puts Crohn's in a corner. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree. Lisa, I want to go back and talk a little bit about the word Crohn. Is that okay? Absolutely. I found uh, a website because I, you know, initially I, I didn't understand what you were talking about when you said the word crone. It, to me, it meant an old word, uh, a hag, mm-hmm. something from evil from a fairy tale. Yes. Um, so I, I found this website. It's cronescouncil.org. And it says it's gatherings that honor and advance the aging woman's value to society. Mm. I thought that was good. That's really good. Yeah. I like so, it a lot. So let me read to you a little bit from this website, if I may. And I, I did edit it slightly, um, but I want to make sure everyone understands where I got it from because, uh, you know, I'm attuned to copyright. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it just it says a crone is a woman who is comfortable with herself. Mm-hmm. And I, I pondered that a bit because I'm not always comfortable with myself. But I still think I'm a crone. Mm-hmm. It says, um, a, a crone is comfortable with her intuition and her creative power. Yes. She's not walking meekly into old age. Hell no. <laughs> she acknowledges her survivorship, embraces her age, and learns from the examined experience of her life. I love that examined experience. It's so That's important. powerful. It is. She's keen to assert her presence and her influence. Mm-hmm. She has not stopped learning. She has the energy, an energy that sharpens her wit and her intensity. She can adapt constructively. Love it. Isn't that wonderful? It is so good. Yeah. These are just wonderful definitions. Wouldn't you want to be that woman? I I think I am. I'm trying to be that person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think I'm I'm embracing um, this new role, Mm -hmm. if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I've struggled for a little bit here. A widow, all that that brings with that. I've learned to do things. I've, I've learned that I have furnace filters. I've learned how to change certain batteries and things that I didn't even know had batteries. I've learned. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's okay. The other thing I've learned, and I've discovered this, is I've learned to be alone. Mm, that's huge. Isn't it? Huge. I can also do things alone. 
Hmm. I can now walk in a room alone that's filled with people and meet and greet and chat and do all the things that I never could have done before. I I have to learn to do that. Here's the final sentence I want to share with you from this website. A crone is a woman who is willing to tell the truth about her life. Oh, oh, that's deadly. That's a fantastic line. Is that what we're doing here? Well, I think so. I hope so. Is that what we're going to do here? I think so. I hope so. <laughs> is that what we're going to invite other crones to do with us? I think that's vital. I think, you know, I've talked to you about the fact that I'm, I'm thinking of writing a book about crones, about the concept of what a crone is, and and interviewing women who qualify, as it were, <clears throat> for crondom. <laughs> I don't think that's a word, but... We'll call it a I word. I kind of like it. Yeah. Because I think there's so many riches to be found in the wisdom and experience and intuition of women of a certain age. And I think there's much to give younger women if, if they're interested in listening. I mean, I think of myself as a younger woman, I think, eh, maybe not so much, but... I think that we have gifts that we can give while we're here. And um, so I think, in fact, I think it's one of, as I used the word responsibility earlier, I think it's one of the responsibilities of a crone to leave knowledge behind, to leave experience behind, to share it. And for, for, the, younger, for the younger folk to pick up and use, and will it, you know, will it shave time or suffering out of their journey? Maybe not. But they'll be able to maybe consolidate information a little bit faster and say, oh, yeah, I know why that happened. To borrow experience. Yeah, borrow experience. Great phrase. I like, I like that. I, I've used that a lot because I have had to borrow experience from people who mm. have done things for longer than me, mm -hmm. uh, particularly since my husband died had to borrow their experience. How, mm. how do you do some of these things? But, you know, the kind of, the kind of courage and determination and um, wherewithal and um, all of those things that, that combine to give you the strength to move on, to carry on, to become stronger, have greater facility in the world, given that you, there's some things you, you have lack, you lack now, that you can get those things, you can acquire those things. All of those things speak to crondom. And all of those th things, I think, speak to being comfortable with yourself. Which goes back to, back to this definition that exactly. we've just spoken of. I think, you know, you've kept yourself in a learner's mindset, not a fixed mindset. Mm, so mm -hmm. you've let your brain um, adjust, adapt, and evolve. That's why you're here. Adapt. There it is again. There it is again. It's the word for today. It is. Adapt. Okay. Should we call it a day? Let's call it a day. Sounds good. Thank you, Lisa. Oh, my pleasure. It's always a pleasure to speak with you and be with you and hang around with you and have dinner with you. <laughs> I like it when you cook it, though. <laughs> yeah, well, that's fair. <laughs> okay. Over and out. Over and out. Bye for now. Chromecast is produced by Oddvod Media, odvod.com. Original music by Darren Hagen. Our podcasts are based on lived experiences. We are not experts in psychology, philosophy, gerontology, or mathematics. It's just a conversation between friends. We podcast from Edmonton, Alberta on Treaty 6 territory. Find us at chromecast.ca.